Hello, and thanks a lot for listening to Unlocking the Cage with Megan Chris. Uh, we are now in podcast-only mode. That's right, no more live uh, broadcast on Twitch, but you can find us every Tuesday-ish, uh, wherever you find podcasts, and we'll be putting these out on a semi-regular basis, uh, probably as much of a regular basis as Nick Cage puts out films. But anyway, thank you very much for listening, and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Unlocking the Cage. Guys, we are in a new era of Unlocking the Cage. A new era? A new era, hopefully not. Sorry. Ah, Okay. Anyway, I'm Meg. I'm here with Chris. Uh, This is a... uh, podcast that we do where we watch and rank every single one of Nicolas Cage's 100 plus movies and like I was saying we're in a new era because we have moved to strictly podcast we no longer live stream this on Twitch I'm sorry to the to Brendan to to (laughs) Jenny we'll name all our audience by name (laughs) we we've appreciated you guys you've been awesome um, but now that the world is a little bit more open, we've decided to give ourselves the freedom that comes from pre-recording these podcasts. Guy watch. from Kansas City, Missouri. Sorry. Yep. That was another one who listened <laughs> live. <laughs> appreciate appreciate all you guys. What's interesting uh, too, been... I think this was a bad call on our part was, you know, sometimes we did costumes and now we're like every show we're going to do a costume, even though it's audio only, which yeah, I, I mean, that's so stupid. I'm wearing an animatronic head myself. And I'm decked out, uh, not as Nick Cage, but as uh, Tex. Oh, that's a good one. I'm just with the fake mustache. I have a better mustache than Tex has in the movie, and I'm wearing. Yeah, it. Chris actually shaved his beard for this, which is you know he never does that. Tex McAdoo, that's me. That's his fucking <laughs> so, last name, Tex McAdoo. Anyway. So anyway, uh, the this this show. So if you if you like what you're listening to, um, we have new episodes every Tuesday. Um, if you want to see what we looked like before we transitioned into podcast mode. You can find us at youtube.com slash managers comedy. Um, or follow us on Instagram at, at managers true. comedy and you'll see stuff from the show. We're probably going to start posting our, our, our rankings, our cage gauges, all kinds yeah, of Yeah, Cause uh, it wouldn't, it w- usually you would watch that on the stream and now you won't be able to see it. So yeah. we'll post it on our Instagram, which is at managers comedy on Instagram. Um, Checking in with our cage movie count. Uh, I'm up to 36 movies. And Chris, if I, my, my calculations are correct, you're up to 43. Thanks for keeping track of that. Cause I have no clue. <laughs> and we have a, we, yeah, we have a, we had a big jump because we actually have watched three Nicholas cage movies since the last time we recorded this. Uh, and we're going to do separate episodes on those. Uh, so those are uh, the weatherman and pig. And then obviously today's movie, which is Willie's wonderland. And and that's a lot of chat. We're not doing this alone. We have our first return guest starting in a new era of this podcast with returning guests. It is improviser Dan Chapman. Hi, everybody. If you can't recognize, if you can't recognize my costume, I'm dressed as a possibly magic hip, uh, pinball machine. <laughs> oh, yeah, I did note. I, I did notice that. I mean, that looks like it's uh, getting in the way a lot of you, um, you know, sitting there. It looks uncomfortable. I there. like how you have one half of your body covered in dust, and the other is like sparkling clean as a before and after. 
It's important. I mean, it's important to know the process of how to clean a pinball machine, which is one of the many lessons that this movie teaches you. Yes. The the cleaning scenes in this movie, I mean, I liked a lot of things in this movie, but the cleaning scenes were absolutely some of my favorite parts. Just they were the best. Like, like this and is, there I, are a lot. Oh, yeah. Like, I would watch that on YouTube. Like, if there was a YouTube that's just Nicolas Cage cleaning a bath, well, maybe not a bathroom, but, you know, cleaning a room, I'd be down. I was. Hi, I'm Nicolas Cage, and I'm going to show you how to fold up chairs very carefully <laughs> and lean them against a wall. I think there were moments, too, when he was doing all the cleaning that I was like, oh, they just messed up the floor. But he went back and cleaned <laughs> it up again. <laughs> so it was good. I'm guessing that he did a lot of the actual cleaning because they obviously they had the set before and after it was your dirty set and clean set. And I would imagine that most of it was done actually by Nicolas Cage while being filmed. Maybe, so, maybe his title is not starring in this movie. It's just like janitor because he didn't have any lines. So is he still like in the movie if he's just cleaning? I mean, his name was before the credits. Okay. So I think he still stars in the movie that in case you missed what was just said, the movie he does not speak in. Yes. This is the only Nicolas Cage movie I've ever seen where he does not speak. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, what's it called? Dan, tell me a little bit about, because this was one you requested this a long time ago. And yes. I think after we did your face-off episode, you said, I want to come back and I want to do Willy's Wonderland. So tell me about why you want to do that, especially because you hadn't seen the movie at that point. So at that point, all I had known was uh, Nicolas Cage fights like theme park robots, <laughs> um, which was like as much as a, any plot a movie needs. Um, but that alone was enough where I'm like, okay, this is a movie I need to see. And this is a movie I clearly I will have some opinions about. Uh, then it came out uh, during the pandemic. I didn't watch it immediately. And I heard like weird things about Nicolas Cage's performance in this. And I had heard a rumor that he doesn't speak in it. And I was convinced that was a lie. And I'm like, <laughs> he must have like a, at least a line at the end that's like, and here's the reason I'm here. But no, there's just, there's human sounds. He makes some nice Nicolas Cage human sounds and then he's out. He does yell. He does like he does yell, yell incoherently, and but he, he does doesn't go, speak any words. He does drink soda and go, oh. Yes. <laughs> like a little grunt. He loved that, I think, punch soda. Punch. what it was called. And I, I thought, I, did, I was like, was it fruit punch flavored or was it just like punching in the face flavored? Was it the flavor of a punch? Punch pop. Punch, punch pop. pop. Hey, whatever so, gets it going. Let me give you guys a little background about the movie before we really dig in. Uh, so as Dan mentioned, this was made it. This was in 2021, 2021 it was released. The budget was $5 million. It only made $400,000, but it was also released at a time that no one was allowed to go to movie theaters. So, And that was in theaters it made that much, but who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it has a kind of an interesting development story. It's a, a guy named Geo Parsons wrote this script. Like, uh, he was, he's never made a movie before. He just was like, I'm going to write this script to further my career, uh, and posted it on something called the blood list, which if you guys are familiar with the blacklist is apparently pretty similar to that. It's basically just like an online screenplay repository where people vote on their favorites. So it's kind of a good way to get um, notoriety to a screenplay or, you know, attention on a screenplay. If you've got a really good screenplay, but you don't like have anyone that's interested in it, like you could win 
like audience competitions on this. And so the yeah. blood list is like the blacklist, but for horror specifically. So it got a lot of buzz on that. And I guess that's how the director and Nicolas Cage got involved. Um, and they're working on a sequel. What? Yep. What? Wow. Okay. Uh, good news. And also, it does not have any connection with the video game Five Nights at Freddy's, despite being very, very similar in plot. I don't know. I have, Chris or Dan, have you, either of you guys played that game? Never played. Oh it. no, I'm far. I'm far too nervous to play that game it's you like, know about you know about it though right yes yes it's a it's a lot of uh, jump scares uh of animatronics in a like pizza restaurant and it has progressed far beyond that uh in terms of like mythos but that's that's where it started but as far as i know there was not a serial killer ritual to become the animatronics. oh man there were like moments in this movie where they dumped so much exposition so fast that if you left the room or blinked for a second you would be like lost for the rest of the <laughs> film but like they just like someone's just having a conversation in a car and like that is the entire like crux of the entire movie right there in that 15 second time span but i do kind of love that i think <laughs> My favorite thing about this movie was how simple it was. Like they had an idea for a plot, they explained it, and then it happened. Like <laughs> there wasn't any sort of like major subplots really, like really not much at all. And it just sort of was, it was what it was. And I, I really appreciated that. There was no B story that right. you were following. It was just the A story and just like slightly lower scale of the A story. There's the A story and then the, we need people to die. So let's just throw these kids in there. And let's build like some vague relationships amongst, among the kids. Yeah, that was uh, the, the part that I thought was kind of really unbelievable. I thought the whole premise like, you know, was pretty thin. But the part that I really... Wait, you thought the premise of this movie was unbelievable, Chris? <laughs> well, the part that really just kept... I kept being like, come on, was how easily people were killed, how easily the robots were killed, how easily, like, things were broken. It, like, the world, people were made of just very fragile materials that, like, all you <laughs> need to do is just push, and then the people would go through the ceiling. You know, like, it was just crazy. So, Chris, I have to fight you on that a little bit. <laughs> so, first off, as a medical doctor, I should say this movie is very accurate in terms of all of the things that happen to people, especially when, uh, especially when the sheriff is cut in half, like with the claws of a robot. Um, but also, like in terms of things breaking and going wrong in a theme park, I mean, how often does Disneyland have to shut down a ride? <laughs> we don't know exactly why, but we know we know they're shutting it down like almost weekly to sh fix fix Pirates of the Caribbean or something. <laughs> this is true. Okay, I'll 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 buy it. I'll buy it. All right. Uh, but what about okay? What about the ceiling? Oh, I mean, it's an, it's an old, old building. Abandoning, uh, like it's an old abandoned building. All right. Okay. If Great. you put if you put six teenagers on the top of most buildings in any city, that that ceiling's coming down. All right, but what about those large, pristine ducks that fit an entire mascot inside? I have oh, those no ducks about were the ridiculous. <laughs> what animal was in the duct again? Was it the, the gator? Was it the gator? The I gator. think it was the gator. And they put all that fake slime on the gator's teeth when it was like cha 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 out the out the freaking duct window. How did it get in there? If it couldn't fit its head through, what entrance did it use? 
how did she get out but he didn't get out like he wasn't that much bigger than her who knows who knows all right i have some questions for you guys which animatronic was your favorite oh good oh wait i wanted this question follow-up question which one would you fuck <laughs> follow-up let's answer meg's first which and and also a third question would be which, which one was you the marry? <laughs> yes. We're gonna do F- 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 FMK. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's. Yeah. Let's. Let's start by saying your favorite all around. I'm gonna just bring them up on the screen so we can see them for reference. That's that is helpful because. And I have the names here. We got Gus Gorilla. We got Willy Weasel, Artie Alligator, Cami Chameleon, Ozzy Ostrich, Tito Turtle, Nighty Night, and Siren Sarah. So I am just gonna bring these bad boys up on the screen real quick. Okay. Uh oh. Sorry. And I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll answer for myself. I think my favorite was Cammy Chameleon. Uh because Cammy Chameleon had a little bit where she said, I don't wanna be here. I don't wanna be killing people. I want you to help me. And then the, the little sensitive kid was like, Oh, okay. Like despite everyone in this place murdering me, you seem cool, and I'm gonna help you. And then she murdered him anyway. And so I appreciated that level of guile. I thought that was a cool twist. I there was a line in that scene that I love more than anything. It's like one of the few lines I wrote, wrote down in my, my notes, which which was like, "I'm sure you have questions." <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "I can tell you about the other side." Where the where the gecko where the gecko robot is asking the boy of like I'm sure you have questions about like how this happened or like what heaven is like or presumably hell because they're all secure serial killers right. Uh, all right, Chris, which one's your favorite? Ooh, okay, I'm I'm tossed up between the gorilla because when he mm. pops out and goes gorilla greetings, that was my favorite. Like, <laughs> what the hell was that? And the one that spoke Spanish, the turtle. Tito Turtle. Tito Turtle. Oh, man. Those lines when he was getting beat up. Like that, he went down real easy, by the way. Tito Turtle. Like he was not a threat. Tito Turtle was almost, I feel bad for him. He was almost an innocent bystander. But he did kill someone, actually. He did He did kill the, the cop. So uh, so I'm going to actually go with the gorilla. I'm going to go with the gorilla. I did appreciate the gorilla scene where he looks into an empty stall and there's nobody in the stall. And then all of a sudden, the gorilla runs out of the stall. I was like, how? Like, where was the gorilla stealth gorilla it wasn't there did it just teleport is this just a teleporting gorilla oh that's how they get in the ducks oh, yes teleportation but they yeah. can't teleport out okay. i'm also maybe that's also how they get into town because i can't imagine these things walking around town like, <laughs> right uh, wait when are they uh, in town uh, uh it's in the flashback yeah. oh okay all right um, dan I, I, I think my favorite is the gator. Like, I just like his style, how he's like a, fr- like a little French man with a little beret. That's true. And like, like I kind of like that about him. And then I just, I do, the, it's very silly, but I do like him in the ducks. I like him sliding around in those ducks. <laughs> I, I, he's, I, a, I, he's already alligator. Maybe it's like he's a beret, like he's a painter. Oh, oh maybe. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, can we get into the... The, the 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 methods by which actually we didn't answer the second question which one would you fuck i uh i'm gonna go with jesus christ these are all horrifying i guess the gorilla he seems he seems strong good hugs good hugs I, I would, uh, i'm good no you chris i would fuck the ostrich because of that neck that's that's disturbing 
I and I would go with the pinball machine because it's magic. <laughs> There's definitely a scene where it seems like Nick Cage is doing something sexual with the pinball machine. Like the way that he plays the pinball machine is very overly sexual. <laughs> well, all right. So like what I was going to say was I think we should get into the, the methods by which uh, they lure people into this town and how fucking loose that is. <laughs> yeah, it's basically he. So so they they so this is this is how the story kicks off is that Nick Cage is driving around in his fancy car uh, and he runs over um, like a bunch of spikes in the road, which have been placed. We later find out which have been placed there by the sheriff. Pretty much, he is taken to get some help, uh, and the repair shop repairs his car, but doesn't. They don't have an ATM, and they're cash only. And there's no ATM nearby, so he's got to. He says, uh, so he decides to work it off, and uh, they put him in Willie's Wonderland to clean the place up to repay his debt. It's so loose. It is so loose. This whole situation, like, like first off, okay, you guys don't have a working ATM. Uh, can I get a ride to a place that does have a working ATM? Hold on, I'm gonna call my friend who lives close by. I'm gonna have them bring me the cash, like. There's so many other things that could have happened. Like things have to go just right for these guys to lure this person into this building. I mean, but it seems like they've been very successful at it <laughs> because based on all the cars that were in that opening shot of like all the people who have gone past, I'm not going to lie. I love this scam. I think this is a great scam. I love that the entire town is in on it from like minute one. of Except like, the kids. Except the kids. It's like when you go, like, the, like when you get a college or a high school diploma, on the back of it is this scam written, and you can now know what the scam of this town is. I, and I, I don't think, I was gonna say, I don't think we've explained again why they're doing this, which is that it's a bunch of serial killers who have ritually sacrificed themselves after who owned own Willie's Wonderland, ritually sacrificed themselves to merge their souls with the animatronics and now must be fed or else they'll terrorize the town yes because in the flashback it shows the mascots or the animatronics will go into town and murder people and so the way the town is trying to keep the town safe is instead of having people in the town die is they're luring in strangers outside of the town and then just a bunch of strangers die that way which again genius i think genius plan if this movie had come out a year or two ago, two years ago, we would be playing this plot line or a similar one in your Monster of the Week game that you ran with us. <laughs> oh, 100%. <laughs> like, 100%. That's all I could think about. 100%. Uh, so, so here's a question for you guys. Do either of you have any, like, animatronics in your like, home? like no. no no not in your home <laughs> notable animatronics that you remember from the past like like uh things that stood that stood out to you oh that's a good question is that, you know what i mean like what is your relationship with animatronics in general you mean puppetry or you mean like i've actually met an animatronic in real life i mean thing? not met but like you know ones that way that uh that are big in your brain like, oh like the God. roger williams park zoo had fake dinosaurs Ooh. Yep, it 100% did. That was cool. That was stuck out my brain. Right when Jurassic Park came out, too. What are, what are your favorite animatronics, Dan? 
Uh, there is a list. Um, <laughs> it's a long I know, list. I, I know you're a big fan of the DJ from the Star Wars cantina. Uh, you mean DJ Rex? The one that <laughs> you were stolen. literally reaching for it when I said it. He's holding yep. a little a little figurine of DJ Rex. Uh, DJ, uh, DJ Rex I love. Uh, I will say, like, my love of animatronics is relatively new, given that when I was a small child, I had, when I was six, my parents had to take me off the Haunted Mansion ride because I was oh, flipping out no. so much. So I was escorted out before the ride even happened because I was flipping out so badly. Uh, and I have thus overcome my fear of animatronics. But man, I did not want to see those hitchhiking ghosts for the love of God. <laughs> How about the, the now they have it like super advanced. They have this crazy looking Jack Skellington that's like so awesome looking. I, I like those. I don't like the ones where it's like, there are certain ones now where it's like their face is a screen. Oh, yeah. So there's a projector inside their head and it projects onto oh, the face. Oh, those are creepy. Oh, yeah. Those I don't like. I Because I also, if those came to life, imagine that projector's off and you just have like a faceless Elsa just chasing you. Oh, God. Uh, which, oh, I would, God. which I would not want. But basically it was in this movie. It was uh, basically in this movie. Like that a was, Tinkerbell that was or basically a... the siren character. Siren Sarah, yeah. Who is just a woman with a mask on. Let's yes, just say it. Just a woman. There you could see the fing the fingers and everything. Well, and her shoulders were just skin. Like there was no she didn't yeah. even wear a shirt, which was crazy to me. Like like yeah. wear a turtleneck. I, I would say that that she did move in an animatronic way. So clearly she yes. was some sort of dancer or um scent performer or something. Not just like a lady walking around. You know, I think it's all great that none of us picked her for the one we would fuck. I, I, uh, <laughs> I'm going to tell you about the animatronics. Um, what's it called? That were part of my childhood, uh, which are Stu Leonard's. Ah, shit. Yeah, good call. Do you guys remember Stu Leonard's? Dan, yes. is that something you grew up with? No, all I right, don't think so. So Stu Leonard's is a grocery store chain that's based in kind of like no. the Connecticut and like Westchester County, New York area, uh, where you, one thing about it is that you go through the grocery store in a line. So like you don't, it's not like aisles, like it's a predetermined path through the grocery store. Um, they have most of their own brands and then they have just like animatronics throughout. Like there's a band of milk cartons. Uh, there's a singing Chiquita banana. Uh, mm -hmm. there's a bunch of butter that sings and like, and then, uh, one of my favorites was, um, a cow. So a cow head just kind of comes out of the side uh, and you press a button and it moves, but it's a fake cow That's head. Fun. That's fun. And there's lots of free samples. That's the best part. Oh yeah. Ooh. And it's a one track nice. situation. Like you go through one direction, like you can't backtrack. That's the only bad thing. You can backtrack. It's just, everyone is going in their carts the opposite direction. <laughs> they won't like it. Yeah. Uh, uh, but just, I'm looking at pictures of them right now and like, you know, they, they weren't scary to me as a kid because, you know, I was always there during the day. And but I can 100 percent see like coming into the store at night and these big animatronics are sort of lurking over you, like moving slightly or something like I, I, I want to talk about the thing that kept happening in the movie. And I want to get your take on it, Dan and Meg, mm -hmm. obviously. Why was he stopping when his watch went off to drink a punch pop? <laughs> So the, 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 the guy who owned it told him he needs, it's very important for him to take breaks. I mean, so I think it, I think it literally was like, and now it's time for me, Nicholas Cage to have some fun and have a soda pop and then, and then just play some pinball and just like have a nice little 15 minute break every couple of hours. And I, I think that's literally it. Like, 
for a while I was like is this soda medicine right like, I was like is there going to be some sort of twist with the soda I thought he was going to turn into a monster if he didn't drink the soda is he a werewolf yeah, yeah. something like that so so this this leads to a question that I have for the two of you about this movie so like for for those of you that haven't seen this movie this movie starts with Nicolas Cage driving a car away like that is the establishment of his character. He has dog tags hanging from his rearview mirror, but we uh. don't know whose dog tags they are. But that's the extent of what we know about his character. Unnamed. I want to know. I unnamed. I want to know what movie you think Nicolas Cage is driving from, and he ends up in this movie. Gone in sixty Ooh. seconds. Oh, actually, you think we, it's gone in sixty? Well, let's 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 hear from Meg first. I'm gonna ruminate. That was my just first instinct, but. I mean, the car thing does line up. Um, I wonder if this is a precursor to Pig. <laughs> I know that's not the question you asked, but he plays a very, a very quiet, reserved character in Pig. So this is like his early adventures, and then he becomes a chef and moves to the woods after that. Um, I, I mean, it's got to be one where he's like an action guy, right? Where he has so, some fights. Yeah, so so probably not Weatherman that you just watched. Yes. I, I mean, I've never seen Drive Angry, but is it Drive Angry? Oh, that makes sense. I that guess we'll have sense. to watch that one to find out. I feel like Drive Angry was the first one I thought of when we watched this, but I've never seen Drive Angry, so I don't know. I did see that uh, there was a little tidbit on IMDb that was that listed his previous horror movies, which are actually less than I thought. There were only nine horror movies he's done. Uh, but one of them was, and one of them was Season of the Witch, which I feel like is kind of borderline on horror um but apparently drive angry is considered a horror movie hmm. interesting which from the trailer i don't know about that i i will say I'm, I'm online right now and there is a comic book that apparently predates the movie for willie's wonderland for willie's wonderland uh uh that makes oh, sense no, it's coming it's coming out this halloween oh is it the, uh, like the prequel establishing like the backstory of his character um i think it's just establishing that backstory of all the animatronics. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh my god. So I think it's. I think we still know nothing about his character. <laughs> I I think there were so many specific choices made, but yeah, with zero explanation, no context for any of them. Maybe, but like this could be though, as The Rock was seemingly intentionally a James Bond movie. This mm. could be the spiritual sequel to another film that Nick Cage has made, and we just have to crack, unlock that cage, if you will. To find out. I'm trying I to mean, think. What are like I mean, the revenge a, movies? You go, Mike. Sorry. Sorry, I was just trying to think. What are like his his famous revenge movies? Right. So Mandy, um, the movie Rage, which we unfortunately watched and no one else probably has. I would um, argue. First, Dan, what were you going to say? Uh, Daniel, uh, my, please. Uh, my, my, mine can wait. Mine can wait. <laughs> I would argue that he is not necessarily a vengeful character. He is a very regimented person mm. and he has, uh, you know, obviously a lot of rage inside of him, but he was given a job to clean this place. And that is what he's doing, cleaning yes. it up. So I'm like, he almost seems like kind of uh, neur neurotic. He has to stop on a, you know, a certain timing to, to, to play his video. He also dances a weird dance. Are you, are you linking this to matchstick man? Is that where you're I'm, going? I'm kind of like, but it's, but also the dancing is kind of like, like, what if this is Caster Troy? Oh. Caster Troy's dead, Chris. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. 
Like, like the dancing is what's throwing me. Like, what? Which one of his characters would dance like that? That's weird. Yeah. Anyway, Dan, what was your what was your uh, your tangent? Uh, uh, what I was gonna say is like clearly this is a story Nicolas Cage cares about because he is a producer on this movie, and he did so so they would not make any changes to the script. Wow. I love that. Like he cared or he cares so much about this project in whatever story it is. So if it is the spiritual successor to something or the literal successor or a little sequel or something. Yeah. It's like, this is like, like very close to him. What's Can good you ab- imagine like being this guy, Geo Parsons? Like, cause I feel like this guy is just like some of our friends in an, in another life. Like a lot, you know, we, we know a lot of people who just write screenplays and can you imagine just like, you write a screenplay and then one day Nick Cage is like, I want to make this into a movie. I want to star. Like that would be huh. fucking awesome. Good for him. Huh. huh. I got an email from Nicholas at Cage. I wonder who this is. <laughs> I was like, I really hate animatronics. I want to kill some. <laughs> I, this, yeah. is, uh, this is going to sound like a tangent, but did you guys go to summer camp? Yes. Is the, So in the middle of this movie, Willie just sings a really creepy song about murdering chickens. Yes, I wrote is, that down. Is that like an actual song? Like, is that a, like a kid's camp song or something like that? Because I feel like I've heard that song before. Can you uh, do a little rendition of it? Because I actually don't recall this. It's- Six little chickens, know, something, chickens something, yeah. something. It's like six little chickens all stand in a line. Da, 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 da. And then, then it becomes five little chickens. And then it so was, it's like the chickens are getting the chickens are getting killed in the song. It was very but, long too, like unnecessarily long. It was And like, then it ends with the uh, the nighty night killing. Yeah, the guy gets like killing killing that guy and just stabbing him with the, the his little sorry. Yep, there it is. Did you notice how he says loin? Almost yep. like the guy from uh oh, what band is that? <laughs> like I uh, I forget the name of that band is it's like Is it the Don't December? waste your time on me, I'm already a ghost inside. Was Blink one eighty two? Yeah, it's like the guy from Blink one eighty two. It might be maybe this is a cameo or the guy from Blink one eighty two playing the voice of Willie the Weasel. Uh, maybe maybe we can be so lucky no i uh the uh it's 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 actually the guy is named emoy he is a uh uh he provided the speaking and singing voice for willie the weasel and did the entire soundtrack as well as all the all the all the songs wow amazing emoy according to uh, his uh his uh IMDb bio, not since the nightmare before Christmas has a composer attempted such a feat and pulled it off so successfully, amassing <laughs> millions of listens across YouTube music, etc. Uh, when I search six little chickens at the end of the line, it literally only pulls up this movie. <laughs> so, so it must have been for this movie. However, another musical moment, probably the musical moment I like more, is when Nicolas Cage beats up two, two, two animatronics to a, like a line dance version of head, shoulders, knees, yes. and toes. Oh god, I, I, uh, I thought that the. Am I stupid because I didn't realize that Willie the Weasel was the tall orange one until like halfway through the movie? I mean, he doesn't really look like a weasel. He looks <laughs> kind of like, he looks a little bit like Sid from Ice Age. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> I was gonna say the same thing. He looks just like like Sid. if you said if he was like us if he was like Sammy the sloth, then like I'd be like, yes, that is a sloth I'm looking at. 
Ay, ay, ay. Then that guy gets chopped in half by Nighty Night. Weirdly, she immediately just pushes Nighty Night over and does not finish him off. Like, he seemed like not a threat. Like, he got that sneak attack in and then, like, he went down so quick after Wait. that. Well, once he has his sword gone, then he's like, what am I going to do? I'm a knight without a sword. And he's yeah. just the knight from uh, Ghouls and Goblins, basically. Basically, yeah. I do I do like they continue the, like, the Chuck E. Cheese rendition of, like, just having, like, a random human in the band. Yeah. So, so then here's another question for you guys. Which of these robots do you think you could take, like, most Ooh. successfully? I mean, they all went down so easy. I mean... The turtle comes to mind. That's what I was thinking too. The turtle is just he's just yelling stuff in Spanish. He's he's not he's not focusing on murder. He's, he's just... now I don't know clever. if you did you notice in the scene where they are doing the ritual sacrifice, which again I will say is one of the greatest part things in cinema, um, that they all dressed like the animal animatronic no. they were going to turn to. I noticed it because one of them had a little sombrero on. Oh no. Oh my god. So one of them was like, oh, I'm gonna we're gonna go to this, do this little ritual tonight. I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to the mall. I'm gonna buy myself a little beret and a little trench coat and then I'm gonna become this alligator. <laughs> I was pissed off at this great this gang of kids because they're so dumb. Like Yeah, let's talk about the dumb the, kids. The kids is like, all right, the, so first off I feel like we were supposed to know them already because they they kind of came up as like a crew. Like, like we're going to go on. Guys, if we're going to do this, we have to do it as a mission. As if it had been established, like, these are the kids from, you know, uh, Stranger Things or something. And like, you know. I think that's just starting in the middle. You know, they're like, yeah. we don't need to know the backstory. Let's I keep guess it simple. so. But it, it seemed like. I mean, you're not asking Kate questions about Nicolas Cage's character who has no dialogue. You're asking questions about <laughs> these no children. Backstory. His motivations I, it, are These simple. children can't be friends unless I know how they became friends. <laughs> but all right. My, my, what I was pissed off about was they seem to know that this is a dangerous place, that they shouldn't go, that the animatronics come to life yeah. and kill people. They seem to know that. Yeah. The second yeah, they get they in there, of course they know that, Chris. Of no, course they know that. Everyone in the town knows that. The second they fall the, through the, the roof, main though, girls, the main girl's parents were murdered in front of her in that very building. Yeah, so they should know this. But the second they fall through the roof, the sexy one and the other guy, they're like, "Hey, let's go to the super happy fun room and fuck." Like, what do you? And then they, they, they're like, "I think that animatronic moved," as if they didn't know the lore that the animatronics come to life and kill people. They were like, "Oh, it's fine. It's like." It was that stupid horror trope that happens in every freaking horror movie, like from the 80s, where like the, the people who have sex die and they're like, it's fine, babe. Let's keep going. I just thought that was like, why? Why throw that in there? Uh, because it's a perfect trope and it's 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 just a it's a nod to the genre. If it ain't broke, I guess. Exactly. What were you saying, Dan? I was going to I was just going to say, like, I, I kind of agree with Chris now. <laughs> <laughs> they should have known they should. It was unrealistic. They did were not true to their characters. I mean, they all fell th into a ball pit from a ceiling. Man, very convenient place, ball pit. I know. Uh, totally. But they, uh, but what if they maybe they all got concussions and they just we just didn't know, and, and so they're all just like they even set up we that like, the hot girl to be like, like oh sorry oh no, and then they're just like oh man, we're hypnotized by this beautiful song about chickens. I I think they they really even set up the hot girl to be probably the smarter one like who's got more street smarts because she knows how to pick locks and mm -hmm. and then they just turned her into a total ditz and 
and like like oh let's have sex and I, I like i thought and also she hadn't talked after she picked the lock she hadn't talked and i'm like oh how cool would it be if she doesn't talk either and then her and nick cage start kicking ass at some point but it wasn't meant to be this is we, we were talking a little bit about this beforehand but this is why i maintain that the only death i feel bad about is that nice cop man like he yeah. like he had a family he was doing extra hours so he could so that he could give money for his family and then but i do think (laughs) that he was like pretty quick to um get on board with this horror because he was from out of town and so beth grant the sheriff was like hey this is just how we do things we just murder random people and he was just like all right i guess that's what we're doing but he turned it around right before tito killed him he said i'm not that kind of person turn the car around and then tito killed him by violently pressing on his chest i guess like if you look like tito was just kind of like rubbing his chest and there was this (laughs) fake blood all over him do, do turtles have claws? Maybe it was climbing. Yes. <laughs> I mean, they must, right? I would have been. I, oh, sorry. I was gonna say I did like the anatomy of these robots. How it's like Nicolas Cage gets to rip out an ostrich spine, but it's a robotic spine. He rips out. He rips out Artie's heart, but it's like obviously it's made of metal. <laughs> so then, all right. Here's another question for you guys because I I will keep asking these questions. Which of these robots did you find the scariest? Oh. oh, interesting question. Can the answer be none of them? Well, I would say for me, it was Willie was probably the scariest. Really? Yeah. I think for me, the gecko was the most unnerving. Camp Cammy chameleon. Yeah, where it's like just the whole thing of being like, I'm not going to hurt you. Just come out. It's fine. I'm not going to murder you. I'm going to tell you what God is like. And I'm just like, <laughs> no. And I'm just like, no, thank you, creepy chameleon. No, thank you. <laughs> I, I think for me, it was definitely the ostrich. Um, just the neck moving thing was very unnerving. Um, and also, I recently went to an ostrich farm. This is true. <sighs> and ostriches are really scary in real life. They're bigger than you'd think. They're meaner than you'd think and just like very intimidating, freaky, freaky birds. I I didn't talk. We didn't talk about this, but wasn't it interesting how Nick Cage would just kill one of these things and then proceed as if nothing had happened? I was thinking that it's like the ostrich comes to like the ostrich comes to life and it like clearly has moved off the stage and is standing directly in front of him, and he just bops it with the broom a few times, and then he just straight up murders this robot, and then and then it's like, and now back to cleaning I go. Yes. We uh, noticed yeah. a, a continuity error uh, that was confusing it. So, so when he has his first kill, he gets a scratch on his face, mm-hmm. and he puts a little piece of duct tape on it, um, and in one of the first cleaning montages, there's a shot of him like in reflection with the scrap with the duct tape on his face before he puts it on and we were like that's weird and then so obviously what happened later was that he <laughs> did the duct tape thing and they did another cleaning montage and it was just mixed up the the, the only shots. the only noticeable continuity error in the whole film though which is impressive i think i mean that happens when you have nicholas cage put a clean t-shirt on exactly. after every single kill <laughs> that and then clean himself up too that must have made like the blood the blood tracking just so much easier. And, like, and that was just like the, ingenious. Clean up the environment. <laughs> yep. So like they don't need to do that's it. I'm using that. I am using that. That is a great device 
to like avoid having to do any kind of continuity. <laughs> work work a reset into your uh it's into like, your movie. And then he cleans everything up so we don't have to have all the crashed cars and fake blood everywhere. We're good. <laughs> Guys, did you uh, know that the slogan I'm just like breathing through some stuff online. Did you know that the slogan for this movie is 2020 isn't over yet, kids? I saw that. What, what is that about? I guess 2020. Well, if you if if you didn't know, Meg, 2020 was a rough year. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe for you, I had a great year. I watched a lot of Nicolas Cage movies. You missed and... you met an ostrich. <laughs> I met I met an ostrich. I will say I met an ostrich this year. Yeah, that was not last oh, okay. year. No. So uh, that was one thing that 2020 was better for because I didn't enjoy me. I mean, it was cool, but it was really scary. The emus were a lot cuter and uh, less frightening because they were smaller, but the ostriches were uh, much bigger than me, mm-hmm. very long claws and just really aggro. Oh. Well, all right. Are we going to get into side conversation about which big birds are scary? Or are we going to start talking about... <laughs> because <laughs> if we do i i've heard horrible things about cassowaries that's a real scary one. uh we should talk about uh the i think we should talk about the music uh in this movie because i don't think any of it was really uh you know they had to pay for royalties except for one song where they played Freebird. oh yes they did play Freebird, yeah which i thought was an interesting choice for that moment in the movie to pay that much money they really didn't need it. Maybe Freebird's a cheap one. Maybe, you know, Cage has some kind of access to Freebird. I don't know what's going on with that. But that was interesting. I I did feel like the the soundtrack was maybe a little on the nose. You know, like I think the, the slowed down children's music uh, sort of like uh, distorted thing is, is very common. But then again, I think it was perfect for this movie. I think that mm-hmm. it was just like there's a lot of this movie that was just like, let's just do the literal most expected choice and do it well. And I, I really, I, I don't hate that. I kind of like it. I, I, I still main, I still maintain that. Like I really liked the, like the country music head, shoulders, knees and toes to a fight scene. Yeah. Like he just stands there. He kicks a jukebox. He, and that's the song that plays. And I'm just like, God damn it. That's stupid, but perfect. How about his weapon choice for the final battle with Willie, where he just puts a bunch of soda in a bag and then he tapes two pieces of a mop handle together and goes after the fucking boss monster with it. I thought that was great. I thought that was like, okay, I'm on board. You know what I mean? Like whatever that soda is. That leads, that leads to a question I have. Uh, uh, what is your favorite kill from this movie? Whether it's, whether it's a kill of, (laughs) Our animatronic person or a live person. Uh, I, I could start while you guys think. Please yeah. do. Um, there's something very disturbing about the way Nicolas Cage killed that gorilla robot by putting his oh head in God, a urinal. Oh, God, yes. Oh, he curb stomped him. Yeah, he, he curb stomped a gorilla robot that was like, like Chris said, was just like, hello, gorilla greetings. <laughs> and then it's just curb stomped into an old urinal. And then Nicolas Cage then just stops and he cleans the bathroom a second time. I liked when he killed the gator because he like held the gator's mouth open and like, ah, like I thought that was pretty good. 
I was really looking forward to the fight with the gator because I thought they were going to like somehow have him in a water room or something. And like the gator's like coming in and out of the water. But that's oh, probably... that'd be cool. Oh, that would be cool. It didn't have they had a bumper boats room. Yeah, no, that would have been fucking dope. That'd be real creepy. <laughs> uh stuff under the water is really scary uh mm-hmm. so i think mine was when uh i think the one that i reacted most strongly to is when they ripped uh beth grant in half because i didn't see that coming she's the the sheriff oh, oh yeah. just the claw and it yeah, just, just like, like it was what? like oh my god they ripped her in half i i would have been more on board with how easily they the animatronics were killing people if they had performed modifications to the animatronics like like maybe like mm. the hands were kind of like ripped off gnarled like scissor hands or like you know what i mean something like that or like you put like a, a sword on the beak of the the ostrich or something but it just looked like this is paper mache they're getting hit with and they're getting ripped in half or even if it was like they had shown the wear of time like yes. even if it was like if willies instead of like nice soft paws it was like you could actually see like the metal gear like claws like kind of like going through everything yes yeah like who's cleaning the blood off these things you know what i mean that's true yeah i guess they're killing they've killed before they could be cleaning themselves up i guess but they're just they're like yeah licking their hands (laughs) cat style um i actually okay i think this is a thing that i'm learning about myself which is that I kind of like movies where people don't struggle that hard, like where where they like are just doing something and they're good at it. And that's the movie. I know that sounds like a terrible thing, but I kind of liked in this movie how he just was like, he killed the thing. It wasn't that bad. He got back to cleaning. Like it wasn't like a, like a real thing where you're just like, oh man, he's so beat up. He's like, how is he going to recover from this? Like, I, I just like the just predictability of it. I was like, he's got it under control. That's nice to watch. Like, there was never a moment in this movie where you're like, oh, man, Nicolas Cage might die. Yeah. Like, you're just like, you're like, oh, no, Nicolas Cage might want another soda. (laughs) (laughs) That that fight with the chameleon where he was just like, he's he's about to fight the chameleon. He's at, like, the fisticuffs kind of pose that, like, he hasn't been in the entire movie. His watch goes off, and then he's like, give me a minute and he just does the finger and he walks away and then you just cut to him like playing pinball and, and the chameleon doesn't even bother again. follow him yeah yep he gives oh he gives the girl a knife he gives the girl a knife and is like oh Good yeah, yeah. luck and then he comes back at the end of his what must be like a five minute break mm-hmm. like because i'm trying to think how long his breaks are because he has a soda plays pinball but he maxes out the pinball score in that break time at one point yeah so it's gonna be because uh, good for her if she's fighting that chameleon for like twenty minutes. Yeah. yeah. Also, he never used that knife once in the whole movie. Up, he just handed it to her. He like, didn't need to. He didn't need no. it. You know, he I had those cans. I, I wanted to jump back to what uh, Dan was talking about earlier, which was, uh, you know, he had dog tags, and that actually narrows down if they were his dog tags. It actually narrows down the characters this could be, uh, you know, based on the fact that he had dog tags, and I think. Maybe this is the sequel to uh, USS Indianapolis Men of Courage. <laughs> he, did it, he didn't kill himself. Instead, he went on the road. I'm trying to think of other military ones. In Con Air, he was military. Yep. I think Con Air bad, makes a little bit more sense. Ooh, bad lieutenant. Bad lieutenant. Was he military, though? No. I mean, lieutenant's in the name. Oh, he's a, like a cop. 
Oh, he's a police lieutenant. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wind, wind talkers. Never seen Captain it, Corelli's but... mandolin. I do, do. I did have a request from someone to do wind talkers, if you can believe it. So that's that's going to be on our list for the fall. Uh, trying to think of what other he was military in. I can't yeah. think on top of anything we've seen. Well, I don't know. If it comes to you, say I, I want to talk about uh, the ending. I feel like we've covered this movie pretty thoroughly for how well there was little one, happens. One part I really wanted to address, which was the sheriff is sitting in her car. And she goes, damn, kids. And then decides to take a fucking nap. Do you remember this part of the movie? Yeah. Like, what the hell? Like, damn, kids, ah, time to sleep. And it's like, you know, inside there right now is like, a, you know, a battle going on between Nick Cage and Willie the Weasel. Anyway, it was just so stupid. Yeah. She, uh, I... I, I liked her though. I like I like uh, Beth Grant. I don't know if you guys recognized her. I, I'm, she's been in a lot of stuff, but I most know her from um, Donnie Darko. Oh yeah. Oh, I know her from Mindy Project. Oh, okay, cool, awesome. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's talk about this ending. So we kill all the monsters. Uh, Nick Cage bounces and he takes uh, that girl, the girl, like the final girl, with him. I mm-hmm. guess like in a adopting daughter kind of way because it's established early on that her parents are murdered. Hopefully, they could just be friends. They're friends. I, I, I it could be a lot worse. We don't know anything about this man. That's true. I, I mean, mean, she's just getting I'm, into a car with a stranger who's I really mean, we good also at killing. Know nothing about the legal system in this town. So for all we know, getting in a car means you've adopted that person. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like to think I, yeah. it's a, a father figure kind of thing because she he he's like I respect you 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 are a fighter like me uh, I'll take you under my wing and like oh and then that's kind of a little parallel to uh, Kickass where he also has a mm. daughter that he turns into a murderer. Ah. Have you guys played Last of Us? Yes, it had I, a very Last of Us vibe to me where it's like Joel is like taking Ellie and is like and now I will teach you the ways of killing animatronics. I thought going into this i had this theory that he was also a serial killer and that's you know it kind of explains his dancing his methodicalness and that's why he went in there and was not phased at all and just wiped these guys out because he was like just as much of a fucking monster as they are and when Mm. she got in the car who knows what was going to happen oh i have a theory i have a theory now okay so we established so willie at one point went to jail uh and his cellmate was nicholas cage uh and he said i'm gonna get out of here and when i do this is my specific and exact plan and nicholas cage was like fine include me on this plan and willie's like no and then so nicholas cage is out for revenge wait what is that what is that paraphrasing like what is that paralleling there's another movie where that happens uh it's a face-off adjacent Perhaps? Everything is face off. Everything, Everything is face off adjacent. All right. What if this so, is yeah, a that... Raising Arizona sequel and, and that's just the kid he always wanted? Uh huh. Wait, but we didn't uh-huh. talk about what happens. So these kids, yes. these yes. kids have soaked the house, the, the outside of this building in gasoline. Uh, but that doesn't come into play at all later. Uh, no, it does. It does. Well, they don't show the building Yay. burning down. That's true. Yeah. So then, yeah. So the, so Nick Cage and the girl drive away. Uh, we've got it, the it, owner, right? Yep, and there's a trash can full of animatronics. Yeah, a dumpster, a dumpster. I don't want to make people think that like an Oscar the Grouch type of no, trash can large, is there. No, there's a large dumpster. Uh, and then Siren Sarah emerges. Turns out she wasn't dead. Uh, and lights the car of the the owner's. Like we're gonna open this up again. And then she uh, blows up his car. 
and herself. What's her What's her last line? Like welcome, she, thank welcome to Willie's, or like thank you for coming to Willie's. Or happy birthday. Who knows what she says? I. It's your birthday. I thought that would be really Maybe cool. We want you to have fun. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. I I had this like thought I, at the end like what if you know he'd been killing all these things and putting them in trash bags, but like. All he did was like they just kind of merge into one animatronic. Now that oh, would like a ooh, if they were like a Megazord. Oh, that would've been fucking cool. And he like has in to Power fight Rangers. That. Yeah. They didn't have the budget, been, but that would be no, cool. No, but I mean that that would have been that's the dream. A half crocodile gorilla. Just like crocodile for arm, gorilla as the, no no, Willie's the base, gorilla for one leg. You know, <laughs> I want to change my answer for which one I would fuck then. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's got Nighty Night Sword. Oh, that would have been great. Oh, well. <laughs> okay, we keep getting distracted because these sending is kind of just. just and the, yeah, all right, all right. And then the, the final, the, one of the final scenes is that you see Nick Cage driving away and the reflection of the explosion is in his sunglasses. Keep in mind, he is driving away from the explosion. I think it's the reflection off the mirror. That's a, a few I'm, reflections. Or he's driving into it, another explosion. That's yeah. true. Maybe he's maybe he is driving into another movie. <laughs> There's oh, a lot God. of a lot of uh, fire is a recurring theme, like flame imagery in, in his movies. We've talked about that before. Guys, oh. I think we've done this movie. Oh, what is it, Chris? If this what fi- is the it? fire stuff, like like the one like, the what the hell is it called? With him and Laura Dern. Wild at Heart. This is a Wild at Heart sequel. This is a wild at heart sequel. He, the characters are nothing alike. He plays like a basically an Elvis impersonator. In that Thirty movie. years will change, man. Uh, That's true. <laughs> uh, I can can I say what my favorite line of this movie is? Just please. very quickly. Uh, it's not head, shoulders, knees, and toes. I promise. Uh, it's when when very passionately is delivered. No, they are trapped in here with him. Oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> When Nicholas, oh, because this is when Nicholas Cage is like handcuffed. I didn't. We didn't say this that like during. Oh yeah, he fights, was handcuffed. He, yeah, he, he fights with his feet. Kill, he fights with his feet, and he kills two of them with his feet. With his knees, because <laughs> it's during the head, shoulders, knees, yep. and toes. <gasps> yep. Oh, he's using the part that they say in the song. What? Uh, All, right. All right, guys. Oh, we've we've done this movie right. justice. I think that's about this is about as much as we're gonna get. Chris, can you pull up the rankings, please? Oh, I believe it is time to rank the cage. All right, and uh, well, for those listening, we're just gonna narrate what happened since you can't see it, but we'll post it on our Instagram so you can see where this ends up. And first up, Dan, you've done this before. I have. Uh, how would you rank the cast of this movie out of 10? Um, okay, hang on. I'm trying to get so I can actually see Chris's screen. Chris, can you share your screen? I cannot see it. Oh, if you, uh, you want to just pin my Zoom. Oh, there we go. Yeah, if you pin yeah, my Zoom. Go. Okay. You guys are getting a sneak peek behind the scenes of how the hell we do this. This is how the magic happens. Pin the Zoom. I, I think I'm going to give this, this cast, uh, I'm going to give this cast a good six. Um, and uh, I mean, I'm taking Nicolas Cage out of it because I feel like Nicolas Cage gets his own special rating. Um, uh, I liked all the cop people. I liked all the townspeople. The kids were entertaining. 
Um, but some of the kids were a little bit forgettable. Uh, and I don't think that's the acting. I think that's just, it's how the kids were written. They were written to die quickly, uh, by just by either smoking some weed or, or having some sex and then dying quickly. Uh, oh, wait, but then if I include the robots, Oh yeah. Okay. I'm going to make it a seven cause I wasn't including the robots. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, I seven cause of robots cause of robots. Uh, I'm going to give it a one point for every person that I liked from the movie. So one point for the officer from out of town who gave the performance of his lifetime. We, uh, uh, so we, we <laughs> actually, um, we may be able to interview him for this podcast. I've been trying to get in touch with him. He's a, he's a local person who we, we have some friends in common. So it's up him. in the air now, but at the end of this, this recording, there may be an, there may be an interview. There, there may also a, not be. We'll and see. I'll let you know. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to give it a three. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Dan. I just, I'm sorry. It just, there, there was literally hardly anyone in this film that I thought was well cast. <laughs> it I mean, was Chris, Chris, I'm not going to say I have any, I, I under, I also understand. completely. I, I, it, for what it was supposed to be, it delivered a hundred percent though. But if I'm comparing it to every other film, I have to kind of use it. Yeah. Even keel. Yeah, I think this one's tricky because I think historically we've used this to be like, how many actors in this movie are we excited to see because we've seen them in other things? And mm -hmm. obviously we haven't seen many of these people in other things. Um, I did You haven't really... seen Gus the Gorilla in his independent films? <laughs> King Kong? Think... Ever heard of it? <laughs> I think I unfortunately also have to do a three. So uh, just uh, mostly for Beth Grant and also the guy who we've seen in several Los Angeles 48 hour film projects. Uh, next up is acting. How good was the acting non non cages acting? So like the kids and the robots and the cops. Uh, that I think I'll give a four. Okay. Uh, I'll give acting as a four. I think I think people people had fun. I think they had a, had a good time. Um, but I'm going to give acting a four. It also is not easy to act against a animatronic robot during a pandemic. So I'm taking that into account. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. This was recorded during the pandemic. They started I, filming in February of last year and then continued during the pandemic. So the so they, wait, wow. so Nick Cage did do all the cleaning because they had to be in a COVID bubble. That's true. Wow. And that was like real disinfectant. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, I am going to give the acting a 10. Uh, no explanation. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm going to give the acting a four as well. I thought that uh, the kids weren't selling it uh, and it was all right. It wasn't anything to write home about. How about you, Meg? I'm going to give it a five. I think that it was, I think that for the type of movie that it was, the acting was exactly where it should be. And I think that probably the people that played the robots that was pretty hard you got really heavy suits on you got to do a lot of like stunts and stuff like that uh, i think that is something that i could not personally pull off all right how fun was this movie out of 10 i'm gonna give this a six i this is a oh. very silly movie like it's like it knows what it is it's very aware in that way but not in like the self-aware way but it's like it's very fun they're like okay nick page dance in front of this pinball machine the first time DB trivia is that he improvised that pinball dance because of course he improvised that that pinball dance like like there's a lot of silliness in this movie and if you go into it with knowing like this is going to be a silly movie where Nicolas Cage is just going to beat up animatronics every 10 minutes then I, th I think you'll have fun I am going to give this 
a nine for fun. I thought it was very fun. It went down easy. An hour and a half. Never was bored. Just stupid fun movie. I'm also going to give it a nine. I I just I just really enjoyed watching it. Like I was like, this is exactly what I wanted this movie to be. Yeah. Like there was no there was no like like uh there there was no like bait and switch. It was just like you saw the trailer and then that's what the movie was and I liked it. And it wasn't too scary too. I I think sometimes horror movies can be too scary for me and I didn't find this too scary. This is borderline a kids film. Borderline. Yes. The blood kind of makes it no, you can't really do that. But in the sex Well, there's a lot of more there's more oil than blood. That's mm-hmm. true. <laughs> the sequel, Oil and Blood. Mm. Technical All achievements. Right. Yes. Technical, yes. Yeah. So you know this. This is uh, costuming, stunts, uh, animatronic costume, costumes. Yes. Puppetry, indeed. Special. I'm, I'm going to give this a six. I like the I like the design of the place. Uh, I think they did a good job with it. Um, I I liked the I liked the costume design. I liked the puppetry design. I liked how they used different kinds of puppetry and how like the mouse moved and everything. Like I I thought that was very clever. I liked it. Um, I'm definitely subtracting a lot of points for the exploding car at the very end of this movie. <laughs> that looked like it could have just been like it was like an example of how a computer was, was could do things like maybe ten years ago. <laughs> It's like YouTube video exploding car on, on After Effects. Yep. Uh, but but robots, whoever made those robots, if you want to make me a robot of my very own, I'll happily take one. <laughs> that would be terrifying, Dan. You don't, you don't want that in your house. It could be small. It could be this size. It could be the size of your... <laughs> my little DJ Rex Wars. Funko Pop. Uh, he has right, a Chris, name, Meg. <laughs> I, I, I was just trying to remember it. Uh, all right, what you got, Chris? I'm going to actually give this a probably higher score just because I thought what's interesting is when you have a low budget, they used all these B-movie tricks uh, to, to, to make the fight scenes more convincing because obviously it's just a guy in a suit swinging his arms around. So like if you watch Power Rangers or you watch like those old horror movies with like the guys in a suit, they do these things where like they have this real choppy camera work, uh, you know, and they're, they're cutting it just right. I thought there was a real achievement to make to not take you out of it to the point where you're like, this is just total shit. Uh, they, they had really good like tricks with the editing and things like that. So I'm actually going to give it uh, a seven. I I'm going to, as a similar logic, I'm going to give it an eight. Well, it's like, wow. It's, it's, I think it's just like, I don't know. It's hard to compare it to other things because it's such a different movie. And like, I just feel like for the type of movie that it was, yeah. I think all the technical choices they made were perfect. You know, Have I you think guys the- seen cooties. No, it is a non. It is a non Nicolas Cage movie. I don't know what uh, that but it, means. It, it is a uh, it is a movie starring uh, numerous people, including Elijah Wood uh, and Rain Wilson, about a herd of child zombies. Hmm. Um, and it had and it had a very similar feel to that. That's the closest movie I would say this feels to. I uh, I was gonna say I do think the Sorry. one. Oh no no no! The one technical it's... thing I'm taking some points off for is um, Nick Cage's beard not a good beard very weird beard like uh you know when you like see a guy who's like older who has a really dark beard you're like that's not what your beard looks like (laughs) you have gray hair very unnaturally shaved line on the beard too all right overall did you now had you seen pig right before this so did you go from pig nicholas cage directly to we did actually i think it was a saturday and sunday 
there is your problem. <laughs> yes, whereas he filmed probably around similar times, but he does look two well, decades older. In it's, Pig. it's also his body is he's much bigger in Pig than he was in this movie. So I'm wondering Although he, if he was he's wearing, wearing a lot of bulky clothes, so it's yeah. kind of hard to tell. Like he basically wears like a super bulky outfit the whole time. He might have some pads right. on. Uh, let's take it to the end or almost there. So uh, overall, Dan, how much did you love this movie? How much did you love, love this movie? Love is such a word. Uh, I'm going to go with a five. Whoa. This is interesting. I, I would say we've had a lot of examples, Chris, of where the guest is really, really into the movie. And you and I are just like, I don't know. Yeah. This is one I feel like where you and I are really into the movie. And the guest is kind of meh. I, I liked it. I had a lot of fun. I, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know if I would watch it again. And that's kind of how I usually think of these overall stars of like, yeah. Am I am I gonna go pick it up and watch it again? Like I I, I don't think I would. Uh, it, it's something where it's like it was fun. I I liked it, but I I don't know. I didn't. Maybe my expectations were too high. Thinking about this movie constantly for three years, knowing <laughs> only the plot synopsis and that Nicolas Cage was involved, I might have set myself up for failure, guys. What do you got, Chris? Did you watch this movie again? I wouldn't. But I would give this a seven. I. Uh, but I was hoping for more. I did have higher hopes. I was hoping for better fight scenes, uh, more of a lore, perhaps, or like a, mm. a character development, like a Evil Dead, or a, like like that was kind of like what was missing here. Like even Evil Dead, which was cheesy, like slaughter, like crazy bad B movie special effects, had like you know characters, you know, and it had more like uh, like like really fun fight scenes. So yeah. I, I was hoping for a little more. I wouldn't go watch it again, but it's not a bad movie overall. Well, it's like you said with like the lore of like if you, if you went to go like grab a grab a drink from the fridge, by the time you came back, you missed the fact that they were serial killers that yeah. did the satanic That's ritual. True, yeah. Like if you saw that ritual, so like if like I mean this happened in the place. If they found a videotape of that ritual and like watched the ritual on like a like on like a VHS, like that would be. That would be perfect. Or like, like if this is true, what else is true? What else could they have done with this? Like, I mean, hell is real in this in this movie. Uh, you know, the satanic rituals are real. Like, there's magic. There's Satan magic. Uh, you know, why isn't there someone in the town who's like, uh, you know, the old crazy person that no one believes that you know is you know things like that. They didn't bring any too of those. Too complicated, guys. I I just <laughs> think it's too much. Guys, I'm gonna give this movie a ten. Wow. Because after what? this, after this, wow. I sent I sent a text to a friend that said, "Perfect movie, no notes." <laughs> and I maintain I maintain this. I really I think that like they set out to make a five million dollar campy horror movie with Nick Cage, and they succeeded perfectly. Like it wasn't like it, it's not fair to judge it. Like it's a big blockbuster movie or like a big art house drama or whatever. Like I think for for the type of movie that it was pitched as, that's they did exactly that. Yeah. Wow. I wow. And I really enjoyed watching it too. All right. So last category, we to add or take away a bonus point for some specific detail in the movie that we liked or disliked. So uh, whoever has one first. Ooh. <laughs> I'm gonna add a add a point for head, shoulders, knees, and toes. The best. You love song. that. It's such a smart decision. And then he beats him up with his head, his shoulders, head knees. shoulders, knees, and toes. It's so, uh, loved it. I'm adding a point for the cleaning montages. 
I yes. thought they were oh, so really? satisfying to see that place yeah. get cleaned up over and over again. Yeah. It was like, it, man, great. If you are someone that likes that oddly satisfying group on Reddit, you will like these cleaning montages. Oh, absolutely. And and I'm going to add a point just because it just it didn't try to do too much, didn't like bump in a bunch of stuff that didn't need to be there. And like, I honestly, I wasn't sure I was going to enjoy it based on the trailer. Like I was a little bit not looking forward to watching it. I was like, oh, maybe this is going to be really dark or whatever. And like, it wasn't dark. It was just fun and stupid and like not you know, upsettingly violent or anything like that. I don't know. Just sometimes that's just, that's just a good thing. All right. Well, let's see where we landed. Ah, all right. Where are we at? I can't see it. We there have to yet. look through our little list here. Willie's oh, it's... number 18 <laughs> between ghost rider and wild at heart. All right. I think that I makes that. I feel that makes sense. That's appropriate. So uh, just for those listening at home, we have 33 movies on here. Our number one movie is Adaptation. It's been that way for a while. Our number 33 movie is USS Indianapolis Men of Courage. So that puts Willy's Wonderland right in the middle, yeah. I would say. Uh, Dan, do you have any here? I know that you uh, you did Face Off a long time ago. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, what's it called? I don't actually think, Dan, you were on. You you probably didn't know about this. But um, at some point during the film, during when we were doing these episodes, uh, Kick-Ass beat Face Off what and i was so upset about it i really we were so that the next episode we just added a point to face off to rectify that wrong we had a very enthusiastic guest for kick-ass yeah the guest was tens across the board for kick-ass oh wow i just had a Um, thought (laughs) guys what if this is the sequel to city of angels and he Mm. is a demon hunting angel fallen angel on earth basically this is what he does after meg ryan dies Mm. Mm. interesting stuff all right. It could also be related to Bangkok Dangerous, where he plays a hitman. Another uh, similar similar theme. I just forgot about that movie until seeing it on the list now because it is our number thirty movie and not very good. Or or maybe he is a descendant of one of the Crudes. Oh. On that note, let's quickly go through the cage gauge, the two axis plot of cages, uh, uh, whatever versus cages, whatever. And I have not set this up yet, so we're just gonna go ahead. And uh, do it manually. Do it, live. do it manually, uh, so I don't lose the data from the last week. Okay, so uh, let's see. Uh, craziness. Where does that put us on the cage gauge? We got uh, a score out of ten. What do you think for the cage brand craziness? Uh, hit it with a hit it with a four for me. A four for Meg on the crazy. I'm scale. gonna go. I'm gonna go five. That was some good pinball dancing. Good Fair. pinball dancing. I'm in the same range. It wasn't super crazy. It had some some crazy moments, but nothing too crazy. All right, and uh, and what about acting? His acting ability in this film, he had to do the whole thing silently. So, and because of that, I'm going in eight. Ooh. Eight. Eight. He for had acting. no. He had to convey everything without words, and that is not something that's easy to do. I'll I'll give him a six then. I was gonna give it a little bit lower, but you're right. Uh, I think I am gonna go ahead. And there was one scene that really needed dialogue, and that was the scene where he was just standing there, and then they noticed, oh, look, those trash cans have dead animatronics in them. Like, and he's just like, whatever. And he's just standing there the whole time. It really begged for it. But I don't think that was his feeling as an actor, so I am also going to get a seven. <laughs> so that, all right, so I haven't got it set up, but we can just kind of imagine what quadrant this is in. <laughs> and that puts us firmly uh, in the better acting, uh, but... 
less crazy quadrant. So the blue quadrant, the top left quadrant, hmm. that's where we're going to land. And that puts us in with other films such as uh, Lord of War, Adaptation. This is the real Oscar stuff. Also, Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, I was going to say, it looks like it pretty much overlaps exactly with Jiu-Jitsu, which is weird because that's a terrible movie. I mean, hey, it's it's not about how terrible it is. It's about how crazy and how good he is at acting. Although, actually, I'm looking at this and it looks like maybe some of the titles are in, uh, well, whatever. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll post it. We'll, we'll post, post it. it to our we'll post it out there. You guys will see it. Instagram, which is a great place to post uh, things with tiny details. Yeah. <laughs> At Manager's Comedy on Instagram, you can see tiny text that you cannot read. Uh, and yeah. Maybe we All need right. a blog, Chris. Maybe we need a blog for our images. We need a them. Tumblr, a blog, uh, a medium. Live journal. A live journal. We need a, we need a fan blog. So if anyone wants to set up a blog for us. Yeah. If anyone wants to set up a it. fandom, a fa- like a, wiki, oh, a fandom We're wiki. Ready. We're ready. For us, just Guys, so we can go through our movies. We've finished the show. We've done everything. Uh, Dan, what's going on with you that you want to promo to the world? Oh, yeah. Um, if you enjoy what I'm saying, uh, you can find me on Instagram and on Twitter at Doc Chapa. Um, uh, you can see me on Thursday nights on QAW, uh, which is on 2B Studios on Twitch. Um, and those are the main places right now. Uh, and maybe you'll see me back again. Maybe I'll do Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance or <laughs> G-Force in which Nicolas Cage voices a guinea pig. Oh, God. Oh, man. oh we haven't even That's gotten be a into rough one. no animated ones yet. That's going to be nuts. You, you, I thought you guys did Spider-Verse. God damn, you're right. Son of a bitch. He's right. Son of a bitch. He's on to something. Those aren't even right. on the list. That, that's 35. We, we, those two animated ones aren't even on the list. Yeah, because we didn't rank them. Yeah, the Superman one too. Oh man. Yeah. All right, guys. So uh, we uh, we will be back next week uh, with our guest who moved. We are going to be watching The Weatherman with Kayla Rosella. And a spoiler for that episode. I hated that movie, so I'm really looking forward to talking about. <laughs> yeah. I hated it more than any we other movie. Shit we've on seen. the Weatherman. We yep. But Kayla, uh, Kayla, like David Spritz. David Spritz, yes. But spoiler alert, Kayola, I think, liked the movie, so it's going to be a war. Yes, that'll be interesting, and he'll war be a fun zone. guest. Uh, so that'll be released on Tuesday, August 17th, if all goes well. Who knows? We, we change things sometimes. And uh, until then, any final thoughts, guys? Um, just any, any words of advice for our listeners? Uh, I would say make sure you take a, an appropriate break at work. Mm, um, when when encouraged by your boss and always carry at least 2k in cash on you at all times yes that is probably the best advice is to carry two thousand oh, yes. cash with you at all times just in case yeah that's advice just to you get can out take. of this movie in the first place it's advice you can take from the film the weatherman as well he's just trying, ca- he's just didn't have enough cash on him at all times he only had a dollar that is on true him. that was a recurring bit in the weatherman we'll talk about that next time <laughs> guys have a good have a good have a good evening whenever you're listening to this have a good rest of your day and have a good rest of your day on the space station people of 2462 when you're listening to this who knows please don't do any rituals to put yourself in animatronics this weekend (laughs) goodbye and goodbye This has been another episode of Unlocking the Cage with Meg and Chris. Thank you very much for listening. Music and theme song by Will Janetta. You can find all the cage gauges and standings and stuff posted to our Instagram at Managers Comedy. 
And if you have any questions or any suggestions, please email us at managerscomedy at gmail.com. Thanks again.